we thank God for our community partners, our community sponsors. We thank God for our New Covenant um, volunteers. And we thank God for those who are visiting and this is your first time here with us. This is the MI Healthy Youth and Young Adults Wellness Seminar. God gave me the idea and Dr. Hudson um, allowed this to go forth. He said, let's do it. Let's do it. Dr. Hudson, if you know Dr. Hudson, he's an awesome man of God. And he uh, prizes, he is, uh, he enjoys loving God, loving people and serving the world. That is our motto here. And so this idea was as an educator, as a teacher, I work in the schools and it's important that I address things that I see. Uh, I am uh mandated to report. Amen. A lot of educators in the building know what that means. So when things happen, when you see things conflicting your community, when you see things uh, conflicting the children that you serve, we have an obligation to do something, to say something, to create some programming in which we can address these health disparities. We can address these misnomers. We can address things that are going on in our community because how many of us want to live a long and healthy life? How many of us know that it is in God's will for us to live a long, healthy and prosperous life? All right. So God wants us to prosper as our soul prospers. He wants our health to prosper as well. So again, welcome to New Covenant Church and welcome to the Am I Healthy Youth and Young Adult Wellness Seminar. Um, I'm going to go ahead before we introduce our moderator. If you've already checked in and you grabbed your registration folder, you're going to see that there's a lot of information in there. Don't lose your raffle ticket because we're giving away some awesome items. Um, you're going to be um, after the event goes forth and the information goes forth, we will have light refreshments just out of the uh, this area when you step through the Fourier area. And then to your right, your left right now, but my right, is where the manicures will be conducted. And just through that door in the community room is where the haircuts will take place. So if you can, everyone... Uh, if you could repeat after me, I would like for you to say, I am healthy. I am well. You are healthy. And you are well. All right. So before I introduce our moderator uh, for this evening, again, I'm Minister Corey, and it is my pleasure to be before you. Uh, New Covenant Church is a hub of the Wellness Connection so as a hub of the Wellness Connection, uh, we have a priority to do initiatives, to do trainings, to do um, exercises for our community to learn, for us to grow, for us to be healthy, for us to be well. And how many of us even know that uh, there is a life expectancy attached to our zip code? There's a life expectancy attached to our zip code and uh, above all, we know that God can do exceedingly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. And so 
I want to live a long life and I want you all to live a long and healthy life. And uh, we're going to knock down those things that are unhealthy in our life and we're going to expose the enemy and his tricks. Amen. So uh, allow me to open us up in prayer and then I will invite uh, Brother Brad. He's going to come up and um, he's going to introduce our guest speaker. He's going to welcome you as well. So if you just close your eyes in prayer. God, we thank you for this time that we have here. We thank you for the Am I Healthy uh, event this evening. God, we thank you for Dr. Brian Hudson. We thank you for the New Covenant family. We thank you for his wife. Thank you for our volunteers, our community sponsors, our community partners. We thank you for our guest speakers, God. We thank you for this opportunity to shed light on things that might be impacting us. We thank you for this opportunity to serve the community. We give you honor because we know that it is only through your might and through your power that we even woke up today, God. So we ask that you would be with us, that you would meet us here, Father God, that you would go with us into the classrooms uh, as we prepare to go back to school. I thank you for every youth that's under the sound of my voice here, Father God. We ask that you would do great things. Keep them protected, Father God. And we just give you honor and the glory for what you are going to do today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Afternoon. It is a uh, wonderful and joyous occasion to be here and get this opportunity to really, uh, you know, go after uh, this holistic health approach. Right. We get this opportunity to not only heal physically, but heal mentally and spiritually. Um, so, you know, hopefully we are all blessed by some of the information that we get here today. Uh, and I'm very, very blessed and, and, and proud to see, uh, you know, as a community, us coming together to make sure that we're all, you know, in, in agreement that this is our priority. This is this has to be number one for us, you know, across the board. So uh, I do want to bring up our first speaker today and, and I want to read something from uh, the biography that I think is just so great. Uh, it's a quote from Mahatma Gandhi that says the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. And I think that's really, really strong when you think about where we are right now. Right. Uh, if we are not prioritizing are are uh, underprivileged, are underutilized, are underserved uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, and making sure that across the board we're all, uh, you know, getting an opportunity to grow, to become healthy, you know, then we're going to lose. That's how we lose if we're not looking out for each other. So, uh, passionate, devoted, and determined, Laura Henderson has spent her career promoting health, education, and sensitivity for our community's most vulnerable citizens. Uh, building and sustaining positive relationships with individuals from a wide variety of socioeconomic, cultural, and ethnic backgrounds. Um, she's currently a certified family case manager uh, for the Department of Ch Children's Services. Uh, she's the mindfulness meditation and certified mental health counselor. Uh, she has taught multiple suicide prevention programs. Uh, Laura has helped uh, has held, excuse me, board positions for the Mental Health of Indiana, Indiana Seven County Services, uh, Kentucky Advisory and Executive Board of Directors, and several local shelters and service providers. Uh, right now, she also works within her own LLC, which is called Beautiful Minds, uh, and she's going to give us a lot of information uh, today that is definitely going to help us. So, if we can please uh, give a warm welcome and round of applause to Miss Laura Henderson. 
Um, so what I always like to start off with is talking about breathing because we do that, right? We're all breathing now, we think, right? Um, but it's a surface breathing. We're in and out, in and out. And when do we think about it? When do we really even put any thought into a breathing? Not until we can't get that breath, right? Or the doctor says you might need some oxygen and all of those things. So um, breath is important. It is very important. It takes care of so many different things in our bodies that we probably didn't even think about. How about your anxiety level? You know, because when you get anxious, you get to breathe, you got to breathe, you have to bring it in through there, right? And then your immune booster, it helps with your immune system. You probably didn't even think about that. And then your digestive system, it helps with that. Stress relief, you get anxious, stressed out, what are you doing? (sighs) Breathing fast, right? Um, How about self-love? Did you think about that, self-love? It actually makes you feel better inside once you get that deep breath. You probably don't even think about that every day, do you? Nope. No, you don't. I didn't either until I started teaching um, in the prison, uh, thinking for a change. And so I worked with individuals in the prison uh, um, in reentry. And um, the goal was to get them to think differently than what they did when they came in there, which was a very hard goal, let me tell you. And so um, I had the disciplinary dorm. I had two. I had 100 men on one side and almost 100 on the other because they'd gotten into trouble in prison. Um, and so they had to come to me as their case manager, and we had to learn how to think for a change. And so the process was for them to let all of this go here. We hold everything right here. And that's all of our fight and flight and all of that. Um, but they never processed why I'm here, what I'm going to do different when I get out of here. So, you know, when the ones that didn't really want to participate in the program, I would say, well, that's okay. I'm going to treat you like you at Motel 6. I'm going to leave the lights on for you because you're going to be back. And, of course, they would get mad at me for saying that, you know, because you didn't learn anything different before you left out of here. And so the whole goal was to just to think about why you're in here, number one. Number two, why did you have to come to my unit? Because you got in trouble in prison. And so going through that process of learning that, I was like, you know, it's really something to this. It's really something to, to about learning to breathe properly. And then... This thing here, this is our central control system. But we don't know that. You know, we put all this junk up here, but we never, never go back and check it and put it in. You know, I say categorize it, put it here, put it there, leave it there. It's going to be there. Nobody else wants it. But we just leave it right here in the front, in the front uh, front of our brain. And just the least little thing, we pop it off, you know. Um, It could be the smell of something or somebody looked at me a certain way. And we're popping off because we don't know where to place it. We don't know what to do with it. And so my kids call this my boyfriend because he rides in the back of my car all the time. But, you know, so let me see if I can take this off here. Yeah. So this is my best friend. What I can control and what I can't control. And every time I take this someplace, somebody wants my poster here or somebody wants a picture of it. Some lady in here already has my poster. She's already collected it off of Google. I did not create this, so it's free to anybody. But no one really ever recognized it, I guess, on Google Google but me. But it goes with me everywhere. So 
see this big part here? This is out of my control. And that is what we focus on all the time, constantly. The past. Can we do anything about the past? Absolutely not. The future? Can we? Nope. The brain only lives in two places. It lives in the rear, the woulda, coulda, shouldas, and it immediately jumps forward. Because you're already in here thinking about what you're going to do when you leave from here. You know you are. But it never stays in the present moment. And that's all God has given us, right? He didn't give us anything but this moment. You know why? Because he knew we would jack it up. Worse than what we've already done in the rear. And we'd mess up going forward. So he said, I'm only giving you this moment. But we don't know how to live in the moment. We want to fix everything else and everybody else. The actions of others. Can I do anything about what you do? Absolutely not. What about the opinions of others? Can you change the opinions of others? What happens around me? Not really. What other people think of me? You know, that's a big one. Should I put this on? You know, what they're going to think of when I'm up there? Is my hair right? Are these glasses right? You know, what are they going to think of me? We do all of that. The men do it too, so, you know, that's okay. Everyone does that. The outcomes of my efforts. Now, everybody in here is not going to take what I say home with them, you know? But I'm going to give you my best effort. That's all I have. That's all I have to offer you. How others take care of themselves. We look at people, well, what does he look like that for? We have no control over that. But this is where we live in this big outside circle here. This is everybody's whole life. We're always in everybody else's business but our own. My, in my control. My boundaries are in my control, are they not? Yeah. My thoughts and my actions? Maybe, you think? No? Yeah? Okay. The goal I set. What do you think about that? Is that in your control? It is. It really is. But we, we lose all of these because we, we stand on this outer circle too much. What I give my energy to. We give our energy to a lot of things that has nothing to do with us. Man, why does her house look like that? Why didn't they cut their grass? Why didn't they do this? Why is she looking like that? What did she say that for? How come they don't go here? We put a whole lot of energy in there except for in ourselves. How I speak to myself. I asked the little boy, do you speak to yourself every day? He said, no, my mother told me um, only crazy people speak to themselves. I said, okay, we'll be a crazy people because you need to talk to yourself every day. You need to tell yourself what you're going to step out that side, outside your door and do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to behave myself in the classroom. I can do this. You need to talk to yourself. Women, we need to look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. I'm not what other people say or what he said or what she said. I am how I handle challenges. We're going to fell into some things, right? But do we just lay there and cry about it? No, we just keep getting up and we just keep doing it over and over. And so if we can learn this, I wish somebody had told me this a long time ago, because let me tell you, I focused on so much of this on the outside that I didn't even know who Laura was on, on this part of it. <laughs> because I was always 
thinking about the opinions of others. And it really doesn't matter. It really does not matter. And so when we can learn those things, life becomes better for us. But there's a key thing that I said in there. I know you're talking about my time. Are you my timekeeper? <laughs> okay. Um, is this moment. That's all God has given us. And in this moment, we have to learn how to breathe and meditate on him. And we don't think about that. We're thinking about all these outside control things. And people think, well, I breathe. Yes, you do. And so when you go to the doctor, what is one thing the doctor says after they get all your demographics and everything? And the doctor comes in and he gives you just a little bit of time to speak to him. And what does he say? I want you to breathe. I want to hear your breathing. Right. So it's one or either two things. He's either trying to get you to calm down because you have the white coat syndrome, or he really wants to hear the palpitation of your heart. Um, but nevertheless, he asks you to breathe. And so, again, as I said, we don't think about the importance of it. And that's why I love to teach breathing, because then when people re- figure out how to do this, they say, well, you know, I've been breathing the wrong way for a long time. But in that breathing, you meditate with that as well. But you got to learn how to breathe first. Um, so as we prepare to, to learn about how to breathe, I, you have to get comfortable in your seats, put your feet flat on the floor, un- unlock them arms, um, unlock them arms. <laughs> Be relaxed. Yeah, you have to be relaxed in it. And so this is just going to be a trial. We're just going to try this one out, okay? So now you're comfortable there, right? So I I need you to take a deep breath in. Hold it. And then you're going to slowly exhale. Like you're blowing a feather. Not like a balloon. Okay? And so so when we do that, the next time you do it, I want you to go a little bit deeper because you only took it in up to here. Yeah, you got it right. So I need you to take it down just a little bit further. We're going to go a little bit further, okay? So let's take it down just a little bit deeper. See, I can talk with it. I do it all the time. You guys probably can't talk with it. If I was a singer, I could probably still sing. So now we're going to slowly exhale. So as you do that, you should begin to feel all of this come back down with it. Do you feel that? Do you feel that? That's relaxing. It's like, wow, man, where you been? Okay. And sometimes we can put a, like a little roll in the shoulder with it. You like roll your shoulder left and right just to loosen that up in there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Get you to feeling well. So now the next time we take this deep breath, we're going to hold it. But I want you to get it into the core of your stomach. I need this to feel hard in the bottom of your stomach. Okay. You got it? You ready? Here we go. Hold it. One, two, three, and slowly exhale. Are you feeling any difference in doing that? If not, I can make you hold it longer, but just... (laughs) I don't want you to go to sleep on me. I want you to do this, you know. So it might be hard if you're a smoker. Or if you're a vapor, because you got to really get that deep breath down in there. Okay? So are you feeling that? You like that? It's good. 
And you can do that. It's free to you. God gave that to you. You don't have to pay anybody for it. You can do it anytime. Anytime the teacher's getting on your nerves, you can do that to bring yourself back. Um, so I also do guided meditation. So when I do guided meditation, um, when you're doing the breathing and listening um, to me, then I'm walking you through maybe the garden of forgiveness or whatever the, the, the mantra is that I'm reading. And I do it for recovery houses as well. So I, um, do the garden of forgiveness because they need to learn how to forgive themselves for their time and their trials in recovery. Um, so I have different readings for different things. Um, and it just kind of helps take that person's mind to that set, um, and help them think about and relate to what, what they're doing. Uh, mindfulness is hard when you first start because this has been in control of you all of your life, right? You allowed it to tell you what you were going to think. I'm not going to talk to her anymore. I'm not going to call him anymore. I'm not going down that street. And you do it before you get it out of your mouth, right? For me, it's a diet thing. You know, I'm not going to eat chocolate anymore, but it always seems to appear in my hand, you know. So <laughs> it's a training thing. We've allowed it to be in control of us. It's just like putting a baby on a potty chair. You think they're secure over here? Okay, they're good. And I turn my back and I walk away. What? They're up, aren't they? So that's the mind. I'm not thinking about that. I'm not doing that. And before you can get it out, there it is. So... Like with that baby, we just have to keep putting it back on the potty chair. We have to keep telling that mind, nope, not thinking about that. I'm not processing that. I'm in control. But we don't know how to do that because we've allowed it to tell us secret things we're going to do or we're going to say or how we're going to behave. When I see her, I'm not even going to look her way. I'm not going to be friends with them anymore. That's what the kids say, you know. I'm not going to be friends. So we tell ourselves, and even with mental health things, you know, they, we tell ourselves different things that we should or should not do, which is not always good. Um, and so not being able to control that, that's where the problems come because it's just like the TV screen just, you know, flipping, 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 a whole bunch of stuff just going through here, and you don't know what to do with it. But when you become in control of it, and God has given us that ability to do that, because if you are reading the Bible or if you're listening to your pastor, you should be meditating on what the word is telling you. But we can't because our brains are too busy, too busy. When we come to church on Sunday and you get in that pew, you probably rushed here, ran a few lights sometimes maybe. <laughs> and you get here and the pastor gets up here and your mind is not even ready for that word yet. You know why? Because if you got your babies with you, your grandkids, your kids, they're bugging you for this, that, or the other. Uh, they don't want to sit there. Um, or you're thinking about, did I turn off that stove before I left the house? Um, where are we going to go eat when we leave from here? You are not up here with him yet. You are not. And so I always say when the pastor says, you know, if I can get a few amens here, we can get out of here soon. He's trying to get you to pay attention to what he's saying because he says he knows you're not here yet. Yeah. So um, if you can focus on what he's saying, 
that you're meditating. You're meditating. You're becoming closer with God because you're not thinking about that pot you left on the stove. And you know why I can say all this is because this has been me, right? I, I, I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. This has just been me. So um, being able to get in there and be ready for the word. Not, the, not so much the choir, but the word that he's delivering. It takes a mindset. I got to be ready for this. I want to receive this. And we can't do that thinking about all this other stuff. Did I bring my checkbook with me? Did I do this? He wants you to think about that part. He wants you to do that. Make sure you bring your checkbook with you. But um, all these other things. And we can't do that because we do not know how to control our thought process. How many don't know how to do that? Or how many does? How, do you do that? Does anybody do that? Now you come in, you're just ready. You're ready. Give it to me, Pastor. Are you ready? Mm, uh, no, I see what they said. See, I got it. See, <laughs> you guys going to get it Sunday. <laughs> so um, I've got music, I think. Um, and so when we do this music, it's going to be gentle and we're going to breathe. And, we're, and when your mind, your mind is going to run off and think about something else, probably is she going to let me breathe yet or something. But um just bring it back because it's not used to it. So it's going to fight you to be here. Um, it's going to fight to do what you tell it to do. So you know, I'm in control. I'm going back. I'm listening to what the music's saying. I'm listening to what she's saying. Um, and so you have to do that several times to get it to stay in this room with us. So he's going to play the music and I'm going to read something and we're going to do the breathing while we're doing that. Okay. You think you can do it or do you need another try? Another practice on breathing. What'd you say? Yes, ma'am. And then um, you're gonna count to three to yourself, and then you're gonna let out slowly, like like you're blowing a leaf. You know, not like that helium balloon coming down. Okay. Um, So I think, and if we don't have the music, that's okay. Yeah, we do. So gently breathe. Take it in deeply. Fill it in the bottom of your stomach, fill in the core of your stomach, and then slowly exhale. So as we do this breathing, we let go of the battle. We breathe gently. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. One, two, three. Gently exhale. Let your body relax and your heart soften. Open to whatever you experience without fight. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Slowly exhale. One, 
two, three. Take another deep breath in to the core of your stomach. Hold it there. One, two, three, and gently exhale. And as my pastor says, let's take another deep breath in. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. And slowly exhale. So, good. So as you gently come back to the room to me. Don't go to sleep. Gently come back to me. <laughs> so how you feeling? Somebody talk to me. Somebody tell me something. You don't feel good or you do. You Wait, no way. It is. I don't do that. I had to work at slowing down. Absolutely. Yeah. We get in a pattern of doing what we do, and we never think that we need to take that time and do that breath. And you sleep at night, and you can't go to sleep at night. Like I do this for truck drivers, and I have um, one that I do for them where it's a full body scan um, where they totally internally fully scan their body and do breathing, slow their breathing down because they're on the run all the time and they only have a few hours to shut down, but they can't go to sleep because they're thinking about making that next money. They got to make that stop. They got to be late. But I do work with them to help them learn how to do that, how to do that body scan, how to slow their breathing down, how to be healthy. Dr. Kelly, did you feel less tense up there? Exactly. Yes, ma'am. In the present, right now. There you go. That's the total achievement of it because that is all God has given us is right now. Tomorrow, can't, we can't do anything about it till tomorrow. And yesterday is long gone, right? Long gone. So I, um, when I was learning this, um, the teacher said, you know, um, remember all those years you used to think about, or maybe even as far as last week you thought about, um, I want to be doing this, I want this, I want to have that. Tomorrow, guess what? It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. So um, we plan all of the stuff. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But all we have is this moment. If we learn to live more in this moment, we will cherish life better much better we will understand that this is a gift this is a gift that's been given to us um and we don't have any control over this this breath other than what we do now because if you're in the hospital say you go for your heart they might be able to do some things to keep your heart going right they might even if your heart stops they might even be able to start it back but if they say this is dead what happens it's dead it's over the party's over, right? And so learning how to be in control of what's happening and what's going on up here, it, it makes life so much better. It really does. So in teaching this to, to the guys in prison, I was learning it myself. 
And it really helped me because I didn't have the best childhood life. It wasn't like I thought it was going to be. Neither was my first marriage like I thought it was going to be. But, and I kept focusing on all those things that was out of my control. All that stuff was long gone. But God had so much more for me if I be in the present and be in control of my thoughts. It was a hard lesson to learn, but I learned it because I've worked for 30 years. On the, I know I'm just 25, but I've, <laughs> I've worked for 30 years <laughs> on the streets. <laughs> My mom doesn't like for me to say it that way. I've worked 30 years on the streets, but I have with the homeless here in Indianapolis as well as in Kentucky. Um, that was not what I started out my work life. My work life, I managed doctor's offices. Um, and I felt like after a while I was just shuffling papers. And I kept saying, there's got to be something else more for me to do, God. What is it you want me to do? Now, my church had a shelter. But, you know, I was like the rest of the parishioners. Unless the pastor said, I need you all to go over there and do something and help clean up, I didn't go. Um, and so I prayed about this and prayed, I got to be doing something else. Had a car accident on my way home one day and, um, I was off on short-term disability. So, um, my daughter was getting ready to graduate from high school and you know, all that junk that they want that they don't really need to graduate, but she won all these little cards. I'm still finding them cards 30 years later, but, um, so I asked the pastor, was there something at the church I could do? Um, to make this extra money to buy this stuff. So he says, come, yeah, you can come work at the shelter. I said, I'm not working in no shelter. And um, he said, but he was a friend of the family, so I could talk to him that way. You know, I, I wouldn't say that to him that way. You know, I said, well, maybe not. Um, and I said, I'm not working in no shelter. He said, well, that's all I got. And I said, no, 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 I need to work in the church. He said, the shelter is part of the church. And I said, no, I'm not going over there. He said, you can get those doctor's books together. I need you to come in here and get my books together. They're ready to do an audit. And I said, oh, man. I said, okay, I'm going to be there two weeks. That's all I'm going to be is two weeks. I was there for five years and became the director of the shelter. <laughs> and I started bringing in the doctors I used to work for and had a clinic in there for the women. It was domestic violence and the children that came. And so one of the doctors got a grant to provide um, services on the street to homeless pregnant women. He says, you can do this. I need you on the streets with me. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Tell my pastor. Of course, he was mad, you know. Oh, so now you're going to leave me for them. I said, well, he does have benefits. You don't. So, <laughs> so that's where I was at, at Mount Olive Baptist Church. And I that's, started my life on the street. I begged God for something else, and he gave it to me. And I've never looked back. I, I, that is my joy. Um, I love, I will sit down on the corner. It doesn't matter to me. I will talk to you wherever you are. I just love what I do. And um, I just get such a feeling of reward that I'm able to do this. Um, not because I just got that job, but because this is something that's in, within me. I don't mind to get a hug from, from them. I don't. I don't mind at all. I love them. And so some of the people that I started with, I see their, their children now, three generations, and they're still fighting the struggle of homelessness. Um, so I'm, my timekeeper's waving at me here. <laughs> so I'm just saying that, you know, when we find out how to get in control of this, 
And when we know how to meditate and talk with God, he will get us to where he has designed us to be. And I believe this is the work that he has asked me to do. Um, and so I call myself retired, but, and so this is what I do now, um, is help people understand, especially our youth, um, they need help, they're, they're lost, um, on how to be in control of themselves. Uh, so many things that they're doing is because they feel they are out of control and they have so much fight and flight up here um, and don't know how to get rid of it. So I think that's about my wrap-up. But here, I want to leave you with this. Um, I don't know if you put it up there. It's, um, it's, kind of, it's a mantra. Um, so if you can kind of go into a mindful moment and repeat after me. Repeat after me. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. Now let's repeat it this way. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. I thank you for this evening. And uh, as Mr. Corey has said, live a long, healthy life. Thank you. Amen. Awesome. Can we uh, give another round of applause to Laura for that information? Bless me. When I close my eyes, I start breathing. I went somewhere. It was a lot of trees. It was everything I wanted to see. So I wanted to ask how many times a day can I do that? But she already said it's free. Praise God. Praise God. Awesome. Have you guys been blessed thus far? All right. Again, we want to thank you all for joining us at the uh, Am I Healthy Youth and Young Adult Wellness Seminar. Such a such a blessing to think about things that are out of our control because you all notice I got this hat on right and um, you know think about what people think about us and stuff like that my mom knows put this hat on because I got bald head of course but I don't just have a bald head I actually cut myself right so I had this band-aid back of my head right so I put the hat on because I'm thinking I don't want people to know I got this band-aid on the back of my head <laughs> but you know, that's out of my control how y'all feel about that. Because I know I look good. And this hat look good, right? <laughs> so I'm good. In my control, I feel good. Look good. Out of my control, however y'all feel, that's on y'all. Okay. I look good up here, though, right? Amen? Yeah. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, go ahead and bring up our next speaker. Uh, this is going to be a really impactful piece on smoking cessation and the dangers of vaping. Uh, so... Uh, Mr. T. Julian Gibson uh, has showcased his exceptional leadership abilities as an executive in the nonprofit sector. He has held prominent positions in organizations focused on minority health and social business, advocating for health equity and empowering marginalized communities. Uh, his commitment to making a positive impact has been recognized with prestigious awards, including the esteemed Marketer of the Year Award from the International Marketing Federation. So we can please give a very warm welcome to Mr. T. Julian Gibson. Thank you very much um, for the introduction. 
and uh, I'm here to represent Indiana Black Expo and the Indiana Tobacco Prevention and Cessation Program. At Indiana Black Expo, uh, I'm the director of the anti-smoking initiative for youth and adults. And so I'm out in the community telling people about the dangers of smoking, secondhand smoke, and then how to get help as well. And um, just in the past year or so, I've, got, I've heard these stories. I'd like to tell stories to the community. So you can repeat some of these stories, learn the information that I'm going to give you about some of these statistics, but then also have a solution for helping people you may know or keeping people who are trying to start smoking from not doing that. Because there's a lot of kids, uh, some of the grandparents and parents in the room, I can tell you, your kids know about these vapes even if you don't. So uh, I'd like to start first with, uh, I have a video I want to show you. It's not cool to do what everybody else does. I've been on nicotine for three years. I feel like I am on drugs. My name is Kyle Cherry. To be honest, if if I wouldn't have stopped vaping, um, I feel like my life would have just kept going down. As an actress, vaping could affect my mindset on script and on scene. As an actress, vaping can take my mind off the things that I need to focus on to get my job done. As an actor, vaping can affect me in a mental way. I actually took myself to the stress center the other day um, just because I was feeling anxiety that I haven't felt in a while. I was uh, having depression. Can't dance if you can't breathe, so don't vape. When you vape nicotine, you're vaping toxic chemicals into your lungs. How will you ever do it like that? If you're vaping, stop. Be a part of the voice. one 800 now So that PSA um, we show to the community because it was done by the voice and the um, performing arts students in Indiana Black Expo. And so a lot of those kids, um, in case you didn't know, Indiana Black Expo has a performing arts academy. If you don't know about it, um, I challenge you to go online and take a look. But um, we teach acting, dance, and music. We have a state-of-the-art uh, music studio over there. And um, we've had some producers come in from Hollywood and show people skills. We're trying to get the word out about that. But what happened is the kids ended up uh, working with me to produce the commercial about anti-smoking and 1-800-QUIT-NOW. The gentleman that you see um, is a teenager. His name is Kyle. Um, has a very, uh, it's a sad story, but also it's one that's still in development, so we hope that he quits. Right now he stopped, but you know if you stop something, the opposite of stop is start again. So most people stop smoking and then they start again. So he's working to quit. Um, and here's the main reason. He found himself in a stress center hallucinating. And he was hearing voices and he was seeing things that were not there. He has no prior mental health issue. He has, he's never taken a drug, but it was from the vape. He was vaping something called Delta 8. And this Delta vape is $30. And it's like smoking a pack of cigarettes with just, just one vape. So what he didn't realize is it was affecting him because these vapes, we don't know exactly what's in them. And vaping has been out for about 10 years. So the studies are being done right now. And one thing that I can tell you is we know that they have aluminum, tin, formaldehyde, 
and weed killer. So imagine what you use and what people use to kill weeds are in these vapes. And eventually, this is what your lung will look like. A healthy lung is pink, and everybody's uh, internal organs will look like this if you have a healthy lung. This is what your lungs look like when you have emphysema, the black lung, the black lung with the, with the nodules on it. That's what a lung looks like for someone that's been smoking for 20 years or someone that's been vaping for two years. It starts turning black and cancer sets in. This is what cancer looks like inside your body. You see these white modules? That's exactly what it looks like. And so what we're trying to do is to let people know this is a very graphic thing to see, but people need to see this because what we found is there are a lot of parents and grandparents who are smoking, and even though the kids haven't picked up the habit yet, what's happened is that secondhand smoke is getting into these kids' lungs. So when they're 15 and 16 and have asthma and can't run and can't walk a mile and take a hike, um, it's because of the smoke that they've been hailing as a secondhand situation. The reason that I'm out in the community is because the tobacco companies spend $350 million advertising to Indiana alone. They spend billions across the country. But in Indiana, there's $350 million spent on advertising. And 90% of the advertising for menthol cigarettes and flavored cigarettes are in black communities. It's not in Carmel. It's not in Fishers. But if you pull into a gas station on 38th in Pendleton Pike, there'll be a vape sign out there. There'll be something that says, you know, uh, here's a menthol flavor. Here's the new cherry flavor. Here's the new black and mild that's got this flavor. That's for a reason, because they want us addicted. Because the nicotine is very addictive. And with that, I'd like you to roll the second video. It's detailed, and he's going to tell you specifically what happened and what got him involved with vaping. This is Kyle. My name is Kyle Cherry. What caused me to start vaping and start smoking is uh, I was going to school at the time, and a lot of people, you know, I would go to the bathroom. I would see a lot of people in the bathroom just doing it. And I'd be like, oh my God, I haven't seen this before. It was something new I seen, and it was something that was happening on a daily with a lot of people I knew. It just eventually caused me to want to do it just like them. They would be in my ear, hey dude, this is cool, blah, blah, blah. This is something everyone's doing, let's do it. It's cool, you get a buzz off of it. And just hearing all that stuff, and you know, just seeing everybody and all my friends doing that, you know, it made me want to do it. I was never grown up that way or ever thought I would do that, but it was just something that happened. It got to me and I was, I caught myself doing it every single day and doing it more and more. I was doing it way more consistently. I actually took myself to the stress center the other day um, just because I was feeling anxiety that I haven't felt in a while. I was uh, having depression. Um, I was just stressed out and a lot of stuff was going through my mind at the time and uh, I was seeing and hearing hallucinations and seeing things and it was just throwing me off and I was just smoking all the time and it was a lot going on. So I, I just felt like I needed to go in there and it would better myself and um, get my mind off some things, uh, clear my mind, because it was just so clouded at the time. 
And when I went in there and I was just telling all the doctors my stories, they were telling me about all the stuff that's in these vapes and um, why I'm going through this and what caused all this anxiety and what caused all this depression and hallucinations. And we just don't know what's in these vapes and that's what got me to the stress center. has channeled his energy into music. So that music that you hear, and there's a song that accompanies it, he produced that um, from scratch because what he's been trying to do is to replace all the time and effort he was smoking, which he was sneaking smoke. He would pull the vape out in front of his grandmother, he said, just to see if she would notice. And she had no idea what he was doing, so he got a, he got a kick out of that. And he would pull the vape out, and he would you know, take a, take a quick hit of it, and um, even though it's not drugs, what it does is it still goes straight to your brain. And when you're developing and you're growing up, it affects your brain and makes you do crazy stuff later. So basically, um, one thing that's very interesting about Kyle is the fact that he told me when I first met him, he said, hey, I'm, I still haven't quit. And I said, that's, that's okay. I don't want to condemn anybody that's doing it. What we want to do is change the school systems from kicking people out. Because when they kick people out, when they vape and smoke, they sit at home and vape and smoke more. So what we're trying to do is we're going to have a program with Indiana Black Expo where these kids, especially IPS kids, will be able to come to um, the facility and go through a, a two-hour course before they can go back to school. Um, Part of what I wanted to tell you is I want to give you some key facts about smoking. And I want you to, if you just remember one of them, I want you to be able to spread some information. Cigarette smoke contains more than 7,000 chemicals, 69 of which are known to cause cancer. That's why I don't believe, I can't believe why some people would continue to smoke once they know this information. And for approximately 90% of lung cancer deaths and approximately 80% of deaths caused by chronic pulmonary disease, like COPD, including emphysema and chronic bronchitis, um, has actually decreased in Indiana. So less people are smoking in Indiana cigarettes, but vaping has gone up 1,500%. So no one's smoking. It's not cool anymore to smoke. They got the black community good in the 60s and 70s, in Jet Magazine, in Ebony, at the Cool Jazz Festival. The menthol, everybody remembers the parents and grandparents talking about going to the Cincinnati Jazz Festival and hearing the R&B singers, and they gave out packs of cigarettes, and they got people started that way, and it tasted like mint. And what they found is all of those people, as they've gotten older and some of them have died off, um, they've been able to, um, uh, they've lost money on that group, but now they're after the teenagers. So what they're trying to do is they're hoping that you will vape and then go into cigarettes and then go into marijuana. And most of the time, all three of those things are connected. And so that's what we're trying to stop. Um, among adults who have ever smoked, 78% had smoked their first cigarette by the time they were 17. And this is information from 2020. And since then, we think there's a lot of people that have started way before then. Because a lot of times, the people that, that answer these surveys, they are not telling the truth. So they said only 1% of people vape that are in middle school. And we know that there's more than that.
So um, I know it's not Q&A, but I want to ask, is there anybody in here under 18? Okay, we got some kids. So are they in uh, fifth grade yet? Any fifth or sixth grade? Ninth grade. Okay, ninth grade. Do you know anybody that smokes or vapes? Have you seen it? Yeah. Every place I've been, there's not one person who is in middle school or high school that can say, to answer that question, no. Because in the bathroom and at break and on the way to school, people are vaping. And so what I'm trying to do is if I can stop one person from even thinking about it based upon what's happening. Do we have the graphic for what the vapes look like? These are some of what the vapes look like. And uh, in case for you parents that have never seen them or anybody that, that doesn't know, a lot of times they don't want us to show these when we're out in the community because it makes people, they think kids are going to go look for them. No, I think the opposite. Parents and grandparents need to know exactly what these things look like because a lot of them look like computer equipment. They look like pins and US, USB drives and all kind of pins. And as you can see, they're not. Now here's what's very interesting about vaping. It was supposedly invented to stop people from smoking because it was going to be liquid water. But what you will find out is that it's not liquid water. And that no one's ever invented, it seems like that would be something someone would invent. You know, to stop people from smoking, they still got the same thing, but they're only getting water and, and, and air. Instead, they're addicted to the nicotine and the other things that are in there. And the Chinese manufacturers that send them over here, um, it's totally unauthorized. We don't know what's in them. Uh, most of the ones that you find at the, at the gas stations are totally and completely, um, it's off the chain with the types of things that are in there. If it can make you hallucinate, think about that. Make you see things and hear things and something's going on. Another interesting fact, men tend to smoke more than women. So that rate is about, in 2017, 15, 16% of men smoked compared to only 11 or 12% of women. Now what I can tell you is that women have more influence on the family though when it comes to telling a kid and influencing them about the dangers of smoking. So we've had men that have said, hey, son, I don't, I don't want to see you smoking. I don't want to see you vaping. And the boys think, oh, my dad's not cool. He don't, he don't know what he's talking about. He's, he's not cool no more. He's getting old. This is something that we do, and it's not that big of a deal. But when you hear from your mama, and she says, look, um, this stuff is going to kill you and affect your next generation. Because what they're saying is that it also can help make you sterile. So when you get older and decide you want to have a family, some of these vapes will already have destroyed your system. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that's a major issue. So the state of Indiana has a program called 1-800-QUIT-NOW. And you can call 1-800-QUIT-NOW at any time. You can also text the word READY to 34191, and they will give you some information. This lady, Yolanda, is, has been a volunteer for Black Expo for... I don't know, 15 or 20 years, and she had a very unique story. Yolanda's husband smoked 
and he's, he was never going to stop. He told her, you got to die of something, so I'm never going to stop smoking. It's just not going to happen. He loved his family. He loved his son so much. He used to put notes in his son's lunchbox and say, hey, I'm so glad that you're my son. You're a young king. And he would get those notes from his dad. One day when he came home from school, his dad was sitting on the, on the couch, and he died right in front of him. And so when she came to us, one of the things that she, when we found out we were doing this uh, anti-smoking, I was working at an advertising agency when this happened. This was in 2012. I worked at an ad agency, and she said, I want to be a part of the program so I can tell families that this is crushing and devastating. Because when she lost her husband, she felt like she lost, not only did she lose his income and his support and all of that, but she lost that relationship that she had, he had with his son. He had a major close relationship with his, with his son. And um, it kind of took the kid into a different direction as well. Um, and you made up a, a great point. Um, mental health and smoking and non-smoking or stopping smoking is all intertwined. And some of the breathing exercises and things that we talked about earlier should be implemented with people to get them to stop. And I think he tried some of these, but he was one of those people that said, I'll quit eventually, but he never did. And when he passed away in front of them, um, it was so impactful that she is on all of our posters and everything now, and we're out in the community. And people wonder, well, who is she and why are they smiling or whatever? This picture was taken the week before um, he passed away. So this boy is now 23 years old. He's a pilot. And one of the things that he said is that the notes that his dad gave him every day in his lunchbox helped him get where he is now to wanting to do something, even though his father wasn't there. So his father, those notes were very important, but he still needs his, you know, he still needs and misses his father. So that's another story. So I've given you the story of Yolanda. I've given you the story of Kyle. And I told you some statistics and all these dangerous things that are in vapes. Now I want to talk about um, quitting. I want to talk in particular um, The nicotine that's in these cigarettes and vapes is an addictive substance, as you know. But did you know that propylene glycol and vegetable glycerin are used as solvents? You can clean your house with this stuff. They are used in vape. And then the flavoring of the various chemicals that they use to create these appealing strawberry and vanilla flavors and all that have been... Uh, determined to increase lung disease. Um, during COVID, all of this got worse because people were vaping more. And of course, you know, if they had lung issues and they got COVID, guess what? It made it even worse. So what we're trying to do right now is to say that um, we would like the people to think about exchanging their behaviors or their habits. So some people that have been smoking have decided to um, drink tea, drinking more water. Um, some people chew on a Twizzler, uh, a piece of candy, or um, anything that's not a cigarette, a toothpick. Um, there are people that are signing up for mobile apps. There's a lot of mobile apps out there now where you're designed to 
um, uh, help increase the smoking cessation through tracking your progress. And it, it keeps your progress by trying to get you to do less and gradually quit. Um, what we found is most people that smoke a pack a day or that smoke a, a vape a day, which is equivalent to a pack, in order for them to stop, they don't stop cold turkey. They typically will do one or two less in a week and then maybe three or four in a month and so on. So that's what we're hoping that people will, um, will continue to do. Um, music and exercise are very important. Um, people that listen to music and exercise and they're doing the deep breathing and things of that nature, it's been helping people. Um, of course there are, um, through the 1-800-QUIT line, they actually have uh, a number of different programs that you could qualify for as well. They have the medical, they have the patches, um, they have the uh, program that you can go through that will, um, your insurance will cover. Um, they have support groups. They also have um, a, oh, healthy snacks or another way. Keeping healthy snacks like fruits and vegetables, nuts and sugar-free candy has really um, helped people. The hobbies, pursuing new hobbies and things of that nature will all help. But what we found is that with all of that stuff there, it still takes a mindset. And it goes back again to what you were talking about earlier. Your mindset has to be if you appreciate today, you appreciate the present, and you, and you feel like you can't fail if God is with you, then you too can stop. Um, quick story. When I was 17 years old, my mother told me, go to the store and get me some cigarettes. And I said, no, I can't do it. She said, what do you mean you can't do it? And she, she thought I was playing because I used to say, I can't make it happen. I can't, I can't do it. And she said, what do you mean you can't make it happen? You need to go get my cigarettes. I said, Mom, let me tell you another way. I don't want you to smoke anymore because I don't want you to die young. And when I told her that, she heard that for the first time from someone who was close to her, who cared about her. Because ironically, most smokers don't have anybody tell them anything like that. So my personal experience was once I told that information to my mom, she actually quit cold turkey. She didn't go through any of that. And um, I'm glad to say my mom, God bless her, is, is 80 years old now. And so, you know, and that was back when I was a teenager. Um, everyone can't do it that simple, though. And so, and we don't want to condemn anybody that is smoking. It's not like it's a jail sentence because you're smoking. What we're saying is there is a way to get help. Um, when I'm out in the community, this information can be morbid and it can get boring if you just give statistics and all that. So what I try to do is to give you the basics, give you some information, show you some of the stories of people like Kyle, um, myself, um, Yolanda. 1-800-QUIT-NOW. When you call that number, they'll give you the information. They can sign you up for a text program if you rather text. But if you know somebody that needs to stop, um, they have government programs that give you patches. Um, they have support groups that you go meet. And they're not boring. They do a lot of fun stuff. They take trips together and all kind of stuff. And um, the, the, it's set up so that we can stop this next generation from ruining their lives with vape. Uh, my name is Troy Julian Gibson. I thank you for having me. Amen. We thank God for Brother Troy and his presentation. 
We thank God for your presence at the Am I Healthy Youth and Young Adult Wellness Seminar. So uh, these topics are very imperative, very important, and didn't realize how connected they were, honestly. Breathing, vaping, smoking. Uh, so take this information and share it with uh, your communities, your networks, and let's continue to grow. Let's continue to um, be positioned to learn so we can share that information. We know that sharing is caring. And we want our communities to be blessed. We want our communities to be whole. We want to address uh, things that might be uh, targeted towards our youth. Amen. And uh, cancel their life expectancy. So uh, we thank God for the information that was presented this evening. So I see that we do have one of our community sponsors here. And we just want to highlight Val Vista for uh, joining us today. Um, be sure to visit their table, grab some. Yeah, we could go ahead and clap it up for them. Yes, so we thank God for their presence here today. We ask that you go ahead and visit their table, uh, get some information, talk to them. We also have a table here. If you have any prayer requests, if you uh, want to speak with us, if you are looking to uh, just just pray over the rest of your year, the rest of your life, your health, your wellness, feel free to stop by. We have some volunteers who are more than welcome, who would more than love to come and pray for you. So if you could just uh, give a round of applause to uh, the shepherd of this household, Dr. Hudson. As he comes up. Let's give God praise for Minister Corey, amen, for his diligent efforts. Amen. Amen. This is the first of a series of events, and we know it's anything you do with the first being a pioneer is difficult. Amen. But thank you for those who showed up today. Again, thanks for Val Vista for coming over. Thank you for also our partners for the haircuts, Fuquay Beauty Institute. All right, one last thing before I pray. Uh, we handed out some folders, and there were items in the folders, and also a book was in the folder. I'm going to ask one of the brothers to bring me on the books real quick, if you could, Jordan, the book on the uh, empowerment principles. And I want everyone here, young people especially, I know that, um, oh, here it is. I have one already. Um, I know that we're not in the age of reading. We're in the video age and all that. But reading is still a good thing. And so what I'm doing, I've got these books that are very thin books. <laughs> Devotional books. One lesson per day. It take about five minutes to read it. And I want you to get this and take it with you and sit down with it because along with the with this breathing exercises, that was that mindfulness piece that was awesome. Yeah, that's good. And then Mr. Troy, he came up and just, I had education today. I did not know. I'm so out of touch. So thank you, sir, for that. But with this, with the, with the mindfulness and the education, we can also um, educate ourselves in God's word. This book is called Principles of Empowerment. And each day, there's a lesson. Day one says, free indeed. The beginning of empowerment. Day, for example, jump down. Uh, day 12 uh, or day 13 is how to embrace new things. All right. So enjoy the book. And also tomorrow morning, 
Minister Corey is ministering here at New Covenant Church. Amen. So come back tomorrow morning at 1030. What time? 1030. Worship with us. Grow with us. Let God's word encourage your heart. Amen. Again, thank you, Mr. Corey. Thank you, Tamika. Of course, his wife for helping him. And thank you, all the volunteers. You ready to pray? Let's all stand if you can, please. This is a prayer of commencement. This is Minister Corey's idea. We know that commencement usually happens at the end of the school year. But this is the beginning of the school year, and we need to commence into a productive year. In most of the districts, tomorrow morning, I mean Monday morning, school starts, right? Educators, students are going back, and I'm praying that the Lord will help you pay attention, help you refocus. You know, being off all summer and coming back into an academic regimen can be kind of difficult, we're going to pray you'll be able to focus, that the Holy Spirit will help you, that you have, a, you have a will and a mind to learn. Amen. Because one thing I've learned in my educational journey, in my undergrad and postgraduate, if you want it, you're going to have it. Whatever you want, you're going to have. And so I'm going to ask you to lean into that. Father, thank you for this gathering. Thank you for our speakers. Thank you for Mr. Corey organizing. Thank you for our volunteers. Thank you for our partners, Lord. Uh, Indiana Black Expo. Lord, thank you for Beautiful Minds, for Fuqua, Wellness Connection, Lord. Thank you for our friends who are supporting us in this first of a series of of wellness events for youth and young people and young adults. Father, thank you now. We pray for the students that their minds will be sharp their hearts will be open, that they'll be in safe spaces, Lord God. They won't be trapped in corners and in places where they'll be offered things that they don't need. We don't want them to fall into vaping and to nicotine habits and other habits. Father, let school be the place of learning, the place of interaction, the place of the joy of exploration, of discovery. We, Lord, thank you for safety. We, we rebuke the spirit of violence in our city, in the schools. Lord, keep our educators safe. Keep the students safe. Lord, give the parents wisdom to pay attention to their own children, to see the signs, Lord, of substance abuse, the signs of mental distress or mental illness. Lord, thank you that we'll all all be uh, mindful of our own children. And Lord, thank you that as we journey together in this new school year, your blessing, your favor, your power, your grace is upon every student and every educator. And we thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' name. Now say this, say, Lord, thank you. My mind is sharp. I am ready to learn. I am a lifelong learner. I will be safe. I'll stay in safe spaces. Help me to resist temptations to take me away from my purpose and your purpose for me. I'm a, I am a student. I am a learner. I will grow. I will grasp and excel at everything I put my mind to. Lord, thank you for my teachers. Bless them. Thank you for the dedication, for their energy, for their desire to be a part of my life. And we thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Give God some praise. Amen. All right. All right.